Thanks for joining with us today on our Potter's Hope podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and gives you strength to live out the life that God has for you. Enjoy the message. Oh, he's faithful. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. Bibles. Keep paddling for me, Jake. Second Corinthians chapter 12. I'll just give you just a quick in context. This is, of course, Paul speaking to the church there. Corinth, it's his second letter to them, and he's just getting done in the first six verses, and he says, I once knew a man, and <laughs> he talks about getting heavenly vision and different things, and that one that he's speaking of is himself. And you know what? I think today for many of us, we need to come up a little bit higher to get our eyes off of the things that are going on around us. And that's going to be probably a whole lot of the foundation that we lay today in this message just simply called Stronger. Stronger. That word, that's the reason you see the banners and different things, hashtag 21 Stronger. I think there's some catalyst to that today that we'll be speaking to. And I really covet your prayers that I will be able to have clarity of mind as we preach this to you. Holy Ghost gives us that word. By the way, thank you all for applauding my $2 glasses. The reason I got them is not because I need them to see. Somebody told me they made me smarter. I'm waiting to see if that happens. Paul says this in verse 7, chapter 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. That's what I said previously. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, meaning the Lord said unto him, My grace is sufficient for thee. Say that with me. Say, My grace is sufficient. I want you to hang on to that. He said, My grace is sufficient for thee and for my strength is made perfect in weakness the word says most gladly therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me therefore I take pleasure what in infirmities in reproaches in necessities in persecution persecutions in distresses for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, for when I am weak, then am I strong. Lord, that's your word today. And I pray, Holy Ghost, that you let your word flow through me. That God, please anoint these lips of clay one more time. As I stand, God, behind your pulpit, 
Let me proclaim every piece of truth and let me denounce every lie. And God, it would be my prayer today in the heart of this people that those that are lost would be saved. God, those that need healing would be healed. God, those that are in change would be delivered. That God, today would be a day that would be reckoned in their mind. God is not just a starting point, but the day that they kicked hell in the mouth. And God, the day that they declared their victory and Holy Ghost, you began to empower them. For your word said, when I am weak, then am I made strong. Hallelujah. Let's give God some praise in this house. Just praise Him. I like doing this. While you stay, just stay standing. How many of you, let's just break it down. How many of you can praise Him for what He's done? How many of you can praise Him for what He's doing? How many of you are going to go ahead and praise Him for what He's going to do? Well, a three-fold chord, let me tell you, you don't even realize it yet. You're taking victory over your past. You're declaring the present. And your future has a destiny. Hold on. I'm going to give you all something quick from the Holy Ghost. Some of you have been pushing. Holy Ghost reminded me as I was coming down the road that I'm going to give birth. Listen, a big baby. Listen to me. A big baby deserves a big push. Holy Ghost said, I'm getting ready to do something bigger than you've ever experienced. A big baby deserves a big push. Ladies, y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of you men in here, don't ever tell your wife you knew what she went through in labor because you don't. That ain't the way you gain favor at home. Straight, listen, I'm going to tell you right now. A big baby has got to have a big push. Turn to somebody and say, we ain't seen nothing yet. We getting ready. You getting ready to see the birth of revival in a nation. Oh, yeah, come on, somebody. Here's what you got to do. You got to push this revival out of you. It's going to bring glory back to his house. And listen, the latter house is going to be greater than the former. Listen, here's what you don't know. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost of God. The enemy has no power over this house anymore. Somebody shall push. Woo! Praise. I ain't even going to tell you to sit down. I don't care whether you sit down, lay down, stand up. I just want you to get what God has for you today. Because, listen, let me show you the This is the paradox. This is the catalyst. Kathy, point one. The catalyst to the kingdom. You better sit down. You're going to need to write. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Jake. Catalyst to the kingdom. That when all of this began, when the Holy Ghost began to drop that word stronger into my spirit, you've heard in the past that what doesn't kill you will make you stronger. We see here's there's something bigger going on in this nation than you and I realize. You see, what really the enemy has tried to do is to thwart, crush, and kill the revival that's already begun. Now let me tell you something. Revival is not a date you put on a sign. It's a relationship that when you grow close to Him and when you start drawing nigh to Him, He's going to draw nigh to you. And then there's going to be a fire shut up in your bones that you can't contain, that the enemy can't quench. I'm talking about a Holy Ghost kind of fire that, listen, hell will run from and that hell will have no victory over. 
but there's some catalyst to you being stronger. You have to understand today whether you're of the world or you're of the kingdom. You, you say, Pastor, you've been saying a whole lot of that lately. I'll tell you this. This message will probably make more than half of you mad. But if you'll receive it, you'll leave stronger in the Lord than you ever have been before. When the word, when he said, when I am weak, then am I made strong. I want you to know what prefaced that in the thought of this. When, when the Lord began to speak to him, he'd already prayed, Lord, take it. The Lord didn't take the thorn in his flesh. Many people believe that had something to do with his eyesight, going all the way back to Acts chapter 8 or 9, there when he was, when the light shone upon him, many people believe it goes back to that. But what I've got to tell you, that what God does not take from you, he has a purpose in you for that. When he says, that in, when it talks about in reproach, in necessities, in distresses, none of us want those things. But God's glory is revealed not in what you have, but his power is released in what you have not. When people think of wealth and power, we're going to talk to strength today, but when people begin to think of power, they think of wealth. In the kingdom of God, it's much different. In the world, if you have money, you have power. That's what many people ascribe. But in the kingdom is when you surrender your will to God that you receive power. Here's what I'm talking about in John chapter 15. That when we see this, that even when we talk about the vine. For without me you can do nothing. But in me you can do everything in relation to the kingdom. So when you begin to survey that, I'm gonna, really today I'm going to bring you to a point. At some point, I'm going to bring you to the place to where you're going to figure out who you're serving. Because I truly want to see the body of Christ strengthened. I want you to think about this. When we talk about the difference between the world and the kingdom, and we talk about this, point one, understanding the catalyst of the kingdom. Within the kingdom, let's define catalyst real quick. It is something or someone that brings about or acts as a stimulus to bring about change. I'll repeat it. A catalyst is something or someone that brings about or acts as a stimulus to bring about change. If we were talking about it within chemical reaction, what we would begin to talk about is something breaking down. Let me tell you what I wholeheartedly believe. I believe that God, as the world and globalization and one world government is being established, can I tell you, as that seems to get stronger, in all essence, it is getting tore down. You must understand today that the kingdom of God cannot be divided. Period. The world will be divided. And listen, if the kingdom cannot be divided, you have to understand that the world then cannot have an impact on the kingdom. It's rather this, that that which is whole and true has to have an impact on the world. So when all of these things that are coming against you and different things that you're wondering, here, I've got this, I'm just going to tell you all, man, in my prayer time. Everybody's saying, what are we going to do for the next four years? Can I tell you, I'm not worried about the next four years. I'm worried about the next five minutes in your life and who you decide to serve before you leave this building. I'm going to start getting you all mad, okay? See, here's what's happened today. Is that we put our eyes on the things of this world when the Word of God says set your affections on the things that are above. 
Here's the problem. Well, listen, we got all kind of people on the Trump train. We got all kind of people getting on the Biden bus. Can I tell you, you can get on that train because the destination will be Trump. You can get on that bus because the destination will be Biden. I don't know about you, but I'm going on the glory train because I, oh, come on. Because I know where it's going to end for me. Well, listen, do you know, can I tell you something? I know where my end is. And it started in my beginning with the Alpha and Omega. People's mind and in the world, they rise and fall on what happens in this world. You need some truth in your life. How sobering was it on Wednesday night? That I said, raise your hand if you can believe all you see on TV and all you hear on the radio and everywhere else. No hand went up. So before you start preaching what you hear and what you see, you better make sure it's 100% absolute truth. I see some of you getting off the bus. Go ahead. I'm going to keep driving. I'm going to keep on driving, Jack. I'm telling you right now, you have got to get your mind out of the gutter and on the Godhead. You have got to set your focus on Him. That is truly at the core of my message today is for you and I to understand that we are the kingdom. We are not of the world. Well, Pastor, how are we supposed to end the handle? Well, let me just keep talking about catalyst for a moment and we'll get to that. The catalyst, the breaking down, chemically talking about the dissolving of or changing something. And this is what has to happen for you and I. You were born into this world, into the world system. So today, if I could present to you anything, Jesus, say other, just say the word other. He is other. He is other than anything else. Write it down. Because this will be one point that you'll probably be hearing the rest of the year. He is other. He is different. You and I were made, if you will, we were truly made in the image of God. But in the likeness, if you will, of the first Adam. But how many of you know that now you are made in the likeness, if you are born again, of the second Adam? So at the core of that, and when you begin to survey that, you've got to understand that this is about the kingdom. And it's very different from the world. The world says be first. The word of God says the first will be last. The world says that more is it. And the Bible says that less is actually more. The Bible tells you, excuse me, the world tells you to gain. But the Bible tells you that loss is gain. It's this thought, too, that as I've studied Scripture and I found this in my own life, point I'm not nearly close to where I need to be. But, Brother Clay, what I have found, that it's not the height that makes a man. I'm not talking to you, Stephen. You know what I mean. It's not the height. It's the depth. It's not who you are above ground. It's who you are, if you will, in the depth of who you are. Because you see, any tree that's not rooted, the least bit of wind can blow it over. But when you are rooted and grounded in Christ, and you are rooted in Him, hell's winds will blow. But you're rooted and grounded in Christ. 
The catalyst to the kingdom is that very thought is that you have to start thinking other, that it's not in that thing. Paul's point was this. It's the recognition that when you look at it that is true, shifting was when he begins to understand that, wait a minute, my weakness has now become my strength. What he's talking about here, Jim, is this, is that it's not about building muscle, it's about building mind. So you see, in the world, you see somebody big swole up, you say, man, they must be strong. But can I tell you something? The kingdom of God uses weaklings to do great and mighty things. Some of you right now, you try to hide your weakness. How can you do that when everything is naked and open unto God? That when you begin to confess your weakness, that when you, listen, let's just get real. Well, I have a weakness about money. I have a weakness about women. I have a weakness about men. I have a weakness about gossip. I have a weakness about this. When you yield that to God and you say, I need help, that's when you become strong. When you confess that is sin is when you gain strength. Well, I'm going to hide that. Can I tell you something? God knows every hiding place of man. Huh? How do you know? Hide and seek happened when the first few chapters of the Bible. Adam? Adam, where are you at now? Can't you see Adam? Eve, hush. Hush, Eve, we busted. We busted. Sure glad we got these fig leaves on. God don't know what we've done. God knows everything you've done. I know, Pastor, and that's the reason I believe God hates me. No. God hates the sin, but He loves you. And He wants to deliver you from where you are. Why? That in your weakness, then are you made strong. Stronger. Stronger. That very thought that in the world getting that wealth is power. But it's us. It's truly surrendering to the will of God. That's where the power really begins to take shape in our life. When you begin to define strong, I like that, and you all know I'm a word study guy, and that word strong there, that then are you made strong, it's the word dunatos. And this is where we're going. Next point to be, be tied to this. But that word strong means able, powerful, even mighty. And also can take on the thought of being mighty or strong in influence or in wealth. But then it also goes on to being strong in soul. Able to bear calamities and trials with fortitude and patience. The word strong means to be strengthened in Christian virtue. And also means to be able. I want to present to you that very word that when you, when you begin to study it, and if you study it in the Greek and if you study it in the, in the New Testament, you'll find that that word goes back to most times, not only, not only to Abel, but the word that it goes back to the most, Luke, is the word possible. It's the word possible. So then how... Can that word tie to strength? This is a wonderful, wonderful thought to me and it's going to serve as foundation to me because this is where I see much of the church. Do not toast that when you see that. So I wrote down for me that it's the word do not toast, not the word dunamis. Many of you know immediately what the word dunamis is. It's the word power. We want that power. Do not toast is the doorway. To dunamis. It's seeing what is possible in God. 
And I'm going to show how that relates to your life and to mine. That when you look at that, the Word of God says this. In John chapter 3 and verse 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Nicodemus, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You have to be born again to see the kingdom of God. The Word says this, that now we which have received, we have received this, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God. Still within the thought of possibility, stay with me. That's 1 Corinthians 2, 12 through 16. goes on to say this, But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish unto him. That when you speak with a spiritual mind, how many of you believe the piece of Scripture that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me? Does that mean that God's going to answer every prayer the way I want Him to? Absolutely not. But does that discredit or does that bring me to a place of distrust in my life with God Almighty? Absolutely not. Why? Three words. Father knows best. Why do we pray? We pray because He tells us that if we have a need, pray in the name of His Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Ask whatsoever you will in His name and He'll do that. As long as it doesn't come against the sovereignty and God's purpose and plan of all of it. That when you begin to see that and I begin to see that is really when we begin to take a step into the supernatural, into the spiritual mindset. That if you tell somebody that you're believing for someone that has stage 4 cancer, that you're believing that God's going to heal them, the natural man immediately says, that's not possible. How many of you deal with that? Because look at your preacher, I do. One of the first things that comes to me is this. That's not possible. It's not possible in the flesh. But it's possible in the spirit. Now hang on a minute. Where am I getting my strength from? From the possible. You need scripture. I understand. The word of God says this. That Jesus said this in Mark 10, 27. And Jesus looking upon them with men is impossible, but with God. But not with God. For with God, somebody say with God. All things are possible. Let me show you the shift from the world to the kingdom rely, or absolutely resides in the thought of what is impossible and what is possible. Because I can't tell you how many times. I have dealt with that very thing in my natural mind. My wife's a nurse. She will tell you many times in her life that her mind will go to clinical before it will spiritual. But you know what? She's strong in the spirit. She's learned in what is clinical. But it's when what is spiritual overtakes what is clinical. It says man says this, but God says that. That's when the shift into the kingdom begins to happen. Isn't that true, Brother David? See, when you begin to think about that, there has to be a shift. Jake and Jared, you're going to work great for me today. Will you come help me? Just get ready. So with men, it is impossible, but not with God. Point number two with this would be this, simply seeing, seeing the strength in what is possible. Because in everybody's mind, you, there's been things you're saying that's impossible. Somebody sent me a text the other day that I said, you know what, it's my heart and my thought and my belief that all 26 or 27,000 people in this county are going to get saved. 
Y'all will say, Pastor, that's impossible. Somebody shout with God. with God. That was a weak hallelujah right there. But with God, all things are possible. Brother Wayne, you're going to start with 100? Just let me reach one. Because it may be that one that leads a 1,000 to Christ. Can I tell you, your mindset says forget about it. There's no way. Remember, the world can't have an impact on the kingdom. But the kingdom has to have an impact on the world. You and I are called to the harvest that is outside of these doors to not be content until we see every soul saved and every life changed and every baby saved even in the womb. Hallelujah. It's not possible. With God. Please write that down in big letters. Can we put that on the screen real big back there, fellas? With God. With God. Let me show you what happened. Jared, if you'll come here, please. If you'll grab those three basketballs. Jake, if you'll grab the football. Here's the problem that you're doing. You're back and forth. And that's the reason that we have so many Christians, Dan, that are in and out, up and down, back and forth. You've heard me say that. They're much like that. Now, how many of you have ever given up on people? All right, me too. But how many of you ever give up on God? Look out. You see, here is where we've got to be with this possible and impossible thing. <laughs> I love this kind of stuff. See, Jared, if I told you this was hope, I told you this was love, I told you it was all of that, and it's coming your way, and you got to catch it. How many of y'all think there's hope for Jared? Right here it is, Ken. You may be out here today, and you're thinking, he just said there's hope for me. The world said it's impossible for you to come off drugs. The world said it's impossible for your marriage to be restored. The world said it's impossible that your child comes back home. The world says, the world says, but hold on, somebody shout with God. It's coming, Jerry. Throw it to him, Jake. Pretty good. I should have remembered he was a receiver in high school. Stay with me. Let me show you something. In order for you to receive what is possible in your life, now, Jared, you know what you got to do. Turn to somebody and say, drop it. Drop it. Let me show you something that is a true catalyst in your life. How many of you have won the fight but lost the war? Thank you, guys. Give them a hand. Give them a hand. Here's what you've got to understand. Is that really, when you begin to see that and you begin to think that, that when, let's talk about husbands and wives for a moment. How many of y'all said, 
Drop it. Just drop it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm going to hang on to that. I'm going to hang on to that. And you're hanging on to hell and you're missing your healing. You're hanging on to your misery and missing your marriage. No, it's impossible. We too, we, it's impossible. Somebody shout with God. The kingdom is very different than what the world says. And when you begin to shift into kingdom mindset, it will change your whole perspective. The simpleness of that for me was taking my eyes off of the things, or beginning to take my eyes off of the things which are temporal. The whole thought of this is to come back to finding your strength in Christ. I had this, just simply wrote down, your strength in Christ will be determined throughout your walk with what you choose to drop and what you choose to carry. And how real that that is. When you begin to think about that, that you begin to think about all throughout time in this precious book. How many people do you think looked at Noah and when he described, or maybe even if, I don't know that he did, but, but if he did, if he said, well, no, this is going to be a big boat. You know, not a kayak. It's going to be a big boat. How big is it going to be, Noah? They look at him and they say, what? They ain't in my Home Depot for you to get that stuff from. It's going to be how big? Stay with me. How many people right there you think said, that's impossible? How many people do you think that continue to ridicule him, Chuck, when he come back to that place when he said, what are we building this boat for? Rain coming. What's coming? Rain. Can you imagine having the kind of faith? They imagine and say, what's rain? He said, I don't know, but it's coming. Let me just help you all a minute. Somebody said, Pastor, you know what it's like? You know what death's like? No, I don't, but I know it's coming. I like what my mama said, what she told me. <laughs> boy, mama's got some, they got some wisdom, don't they? She sat me down. She said, son, I'm going to tell you something. I was a baby boy, a favorite and all that. I hope Rick and Bobby are watching. And so we're there at all this, you know, and we're sitting in there. And then I said, Mom, what's up? Because I knew what she wanted to talk about. And she said, now, you know, I'm fixing to go home. And I knew it was home. Amen, Dennis. I knew it was home. I'll never forget. I said, all right, Mom. And I knew she needed to talk about it. I'll never forget. I said, Mom, tell me about it. What, what's up? I said, are you afraid? Are you scared? She said, nope. But she said, I just ain't ever died before. Would you listen to me? How real is that thought? I looked at her and I thought, wow, that's got to be in Scripture somewhere. And she said, I've just never died before. But she wasn't afraid of what she hadn't seen. Why? Because she already knew who she was in. This is something critical going forward. Pastor Wayne, what's going to happen? Don't know. 
But I know who's going to happen. When you have your life in Christ, that's where every bit of it lies. Stay with me. So within that, you think about how they maybe teased Noah, and it was all teasing, and it was all ridicule, and it was all impossibility until, what's that? I don't know. And maybe it still didn't become real. Maybe Dax until, you know, what's this under her feet? This mud? And then what's this up around my ankles? What's this up around my knees? Listen, America. It's what I've been telling you about. And when's it become important, Joey? Man, I don't know what this is, but it's rising. And now it's to my waist. I got time, do you? Then it gets to your neck. But what about your child that you're trying to hold up? I see, I, I get vivid pictures. The kind man that crushed me, like, see. The kind that crushed me when a daddy's trying to hold his family or his kids up so that what's coming won't get to them. All because they thought it was impossible. You see, there's all kinds of people today that think it's impossible that Christ is coming back. Well, there's all kinds of people that thought it was impossible that He would be born of a virgin. There's all kinds of people that thought it would be impossible that blinded eyes would be healed and lame people would walk and that Lazarus would come out of the tomb. There's all kinds of people that thought that was mm, impossible, but how many of you know it was possible and it happened? You need to hear me. That vivid picture that I have in my mind of a daddy holding everything that he can on his shoulders and holding it up. And watching the door to the ark, maybe before it was even at his ankles. And the opportunities to get on. This is always what hits me. That when I get that vivid picture of God closing the door to the ark of what is going on today in the United States of America, we are living in an open door of grace and of mercy. And that door, if you listen real closely, saints of God, is creaking as God is beginning to shut it. I'm going to go ahead and do what I do, Pastor. Can't wait till the club opens up. Can't wait. You go ahead. You keep on clubbing. I'm going to keep on kinging. Because I'm telling you right now, I believe every word in that book. I believe he's coming back, Shannon, just like he said he was coming back. And I'm telling you right now that if you're here, if you're online, and you're thinking, I don't believe that's going to happen, then you need, to, you need to look back to about 10 years ago and all the things that you said with your Christian wisdom and knowledge that that can't never happen. It's happening right now. And we look, that's the hand of the enemy. It is only because God is allowing it. Why? God wants His people to draw nigh to Him. <laughs> yeah, I don't expect these messages to get applauded. <laughs> you know what is so real? If you ever stand for applause, you will never stand in the power of the anointing. And I will tell you, you need to understand that the anointing of God is much greater than the applause of men. You need to live in that and believe that. Whew. 
in the truth of this matter that when you see this, it's impossible. It's impossible, Luke. You know what? It's impossible for those three Hebrew boys to take a stand and get thrown into the fire and not be burned and not come and smell a lot. It's impossible. People said they're going to get burned up, but guess what? All things are possible with God. They came out on the other side of the fire. Hallelujah. And guess what? You will too. In Jesus' name. It's impossible. It's impossible for a man to be thrown in the lion's den, Daniel chapter 6. It's impossible for him to be thrown in there overnight and listen to hungry lions and them not be chewed upon and not be eaten up. Guess what? It's impossible to your natural mind, but God is able to shut the lion's mouth. You have to move from what is worldly and natural in your mind to move. We have to, excuse me, we have to move into a kingdom mindset. Stay with me. Turn to somebody and say, train up a child. I'm going to say this about Christian education. Ain't worth nothing if you don't live it at home. Seeds are being sown. All we can do at HEA, and listen, I ain't on no parents here, but I'm telling you right now. You know what? Why do we rely on the teachers? Why do we rely on them when we should be the greatest teachers that our children have? Let me show you where we end up. The Word of God says this. Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. Is that a true word from God? Is it God's Word? Yes. Can I tell you, hell loves that piece of Scripture. You know why? Because all of you... Are training up your child in the way they should go. And the problem today is this. Is that your children are watching you. Every time you curse. Every time you call. Every time you gossip. You're training up a child in the way they should go. But thanks be to God. For those of you that thought I was dishing. On Christian education you're wrong. I'm just saying your child is going to learn. Praise God. He is learning how to be a Christian, hopefully at home with you. But hell is watching and telling you that when you get angry, that when you treat her or you treat him, the way that they're watching you. You've said it. We probably heard it through the fast. Somebody's speaking that very thing. Your children learn how to be husbands and wives by you. So wives, when you start nagging, you start complaining. Somebody says, uh-oh. And they move on. When you start doing that and you tell him everything that he's not, everything that he will never be, guess what? Junior hears it. And men of God. You say, woman, you better listen to me. <laughs> you clown. Really, any godly woman's not going to listen to you if you've been listening to God. Unless you've been listening. Listen to me right now. Here's what's happening today. We are training up our children in the way they should go. Pastor, how do you know that? Look at where we are right now in the United States of America. That when your children are being handed textbooks, whether it's on the East Coast, West Coast, or wherever else that they're handed, and they can have a preference on whether they want to be a girl or a boy. 
parents, we have a wonderful school system here in Grayson County. I believe filled with God-fearing people that are in place at high levels and at student levels. I believe that here within the county. I'm sure it's the same in Breck and Hardin, different counties that are represented here today. Maybe LaRue, maybe Nelson, different places that are represented here today. I can tell you that there are people that God has put in place. But when the thought is this, is that we can't talk about God unless a child brings it up. I don't know how I could operate in that. You can get, listen, teachers, I love you, but I don't know how I could do that. Because when the Holy Ghost prompts me, boy, I need prayer. So what we do is we tell our children and we train them up in this way or in that way. And they follow you. I'm getting ready to say, go make everybody mad. Maybe a few. Maybe not all. I watch just enough TV to know how to pray. And not that I need to watch it or media. Let me tell you where I'm at today. When I look on the television set, I'm leading into my next point. When I look and I see people carrying an American flag and beating a police officer over the head, it sickens me. The Word of God says in John chapter 12, Jesus said this. He said, the prince of this world comes, but he has no part in me. How could he say that? Martha, simply because of this, that Jesus was born of a virgin, that he was conceived of the Holy Ghost. What a pattern for us. Not that when you were born the first time, but when you were born again, you were conceived of the Holy Ghost. It was the Spirit of God that began to pull, began to infiltrate you. And that which is born of spirit is spirit, but that which is born of flesh is flesh. So when I see that, And I see, no doubt, within all of those people that some people were there. You need to hear me. Some people were there for a peaceful protest, no doubt. And just maybe they were there to pray. But how did they get wrapped up in that? Can I tell you something, Christians? You need to hear me. You need to be very careful what you take part in. Because what you take part in is taking a bigger part of you than you realize. What am I talking about? He's holy. He's other. You're going to have to help me. That Listen, and and listen, you better believe that I believe, Stephen, I love that word about preserving the heritage. What a powerful word next Sunday or last Sunday night. But what heritage are we we preserving? Wait a minute, Pastor. You're starting to get on the wrong side of me. I hope so. Because that's where I want to be. I want to challenge your faith today and who you have faith in. Because if you have faith in anything less than our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, friend, I'll tell you what, those that you ride with will be those that you die with. You need to hear me. I'm not hearing this message anywhere. I'm not hearing this message anywhere. I'm hearing so far right and so far left. But where are the people that say, surely, listen, Clay, you know me. We've talked about this ample times. And we've talked about the Christian heritage that we have in this nation and the principles of God. 
But how many have taken part in something that was not God? Pastor, what are you talking about? My life is not built on insurrection. My life is built on the resurrection of Jesus. Do you hear me? Today, Christians, I am encouraging you to wake up and do not take part. Why? I've got the scripture. Listen, when Peter cut off, when they come to get Jesus, and Peter, I've alluded to this before, Luke, but when Peter cut off Malchus's ear, I've said this lately, that when he did that, Jesus right there, Jesus said, attaboy, attaboy, fight for me. Wrong. He said, those that live by the sword will die by the sword. You need to understand today. Pastor, what are you talking about? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. Did Jesus fight for the Jews? No, he died for them. You need to understand the parallel. And it's confusing as this may, may seem to you. I'm trying to get you to center in on Christ. What about our kids? Our kids, the Word of God says, children are a heritage unto the Lord. That parents, you and I need to understand that that eternity that is within them involves a destiny headed in that direction and the way that you train them will be the way that they end up. I look at a bunch of kooks and a bunch of clowns. The audacity. Stay with me. It's going to be like clothesline preaching. And people that shout, hang Mike Pence. See, this don't set well with people. Say, Brother Wayne, it's propaganda. I'm not here trying to preach the news. I'm going to preach the good news, but I'm going to bring you to where this nation is at. And every kook and clown has climbed out of the woodwork trying to jump on. You ain't listen. He is holy. There's none like him. You can't let what is unholy take part in you because then you will not be whole. Can you imagine? In all of my estimation, I've never had a sit down with Mike Pence, but Mike, if you're watching, I would love to. God forbid that we would take in any thought or mindset to hang Mike Pence. That's right, Pastor. Should have been hanged. Jesus died for a nation, and he died for this one. And it's by his blood and with his stripes, this nation can be healed. But it will not be following an agenda. It will be operating in the anointing. It is the Spirit of God that breaks the yoke. What is, my, what, what is my task today? What is it that I want to do? I want to tell you to focus on nothing else other than God. Is America too far gone? Listen, I've told you this. People are experiencing revival. Hey, can we just thank God three people were saved last Sunday morning? Don't tell me God's not working. Hold on. That wasn't just for last Sunday. That was for eternity. Come on, somebody. Let's praise Him with God. What are you trying to tell us? I'm trying to tell you my battle. You don't know the restlessness that I've had battling and trying to figure some of this out. 
And I hear people follow this, follow that. And then the Holy Ghost says, you follow me. Don't you turn to the right or to the left. Don't you worry about the next four years. You tell them about the next five minutes. Because that's what's important. We'll worry about the four years after we get through your four minutes or five minutes. What am I saying? <laughs> Turn to somebody and say, have you ever heard of Christian Mingle? <laughs> I make everybody mad. I'm a, I know I'm, a, I'm trying. I'm trying. I got more stuff here. I need to get through this. The Word of God, this will be the preface to it, but and I won't have time to preach it all out. My third point is this, the long war. The Word of God says in 2 Samuel 3, in verse 1, the Word says, Now there was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. And David waxed stronger and stronger. And the house of Saul waxed weaker and weaker. What's that got to do with us? Everything. Both Saul and David were anointed by the prophet. So we can't say one was not anointed by God and one wasn't. They were both anointed. Both faced challenges. What happened to Saul? Saul sought the approval of men. And when you seek the approval of men, you will lose the anointing of God. Saul tried to mingle the anointing of God with the approval of the people. The result was this, that jealousy, rebellion, witchcraft, and even going to, at the end, towards the end of his life, Bruce going to the point, even to the witch at Endor, and seeking counsel from her. What's that got to do with me? Some of you today, and then the prophet Samuel supposedly come up when we look at that. But anyway, let me just say this. So many of you are still letting dead things speak to you. You're still letting dead things speak to you. What somebody did that's already dead and buried, what somebody else that's already under the blood of Christ, somebody shout, that's behind me. Quit letting dead things speak to you. It's not even the voice coming from them. It's your voice speaking that. Listen, stop. And we can see how Saul's life, I think that a lot of it began not only with his disobedience there, when he kept back from complete obedience with what God told him to do. And when he kept back the best of the sheep thinking that it would be best. Can I tell you something? What's best for you may not be what's best for God. And because of partial obedience, then it began to just serve as a domino effect, if you will, of things happening in his life. David would kill the giant, and when they come in, and when David would go in and out in battle, people would shout of how great David was. And Saul become envious, and he become jealous. All starting with incomplete obedience. Hmm. Write this down. And the thought is this, is that you can't mingle the anointing of God with the approval of people. I wrote this down for me. When what you mingle with becomes what you get mangled by. And you know what? You can't rub elbows with the devil and it not affect you. You can't shout on 
Sunday morning and praise God and go back out and mingle in the world. You're different. Praise team, will you come? Will you come? I won't be much longer. I don't think. But when I wrote that down, I realized how real that it was. That what you mingle with, it's still on the thought of other, that what you mingle with becomes what you get mangled by. When I said, have you heard of Christian Mingle? I'm not against those dating sites. I'm not against that. I'm not trying to say, so don't get tore up. But you think there's just one site. There's thousands of Christian Mingle sites. And it's called the modern day church. To where Christians are mingling with the works of the devil. Maybe unbeknownst to many. It's when this happens. I wrote this down. The thing that with the modern day church coming in and telling you that you can mingle what is holy with what is profane is a complete and absolute lie. He's holy. So when you want to carry out a plan or an agenda and you not even open your Bible, don't come to me. If you're not in the Word and the Word's not in you, don't tell me you got a word from me. Say, Pastor, are you something holy? No, I'm just telling you, if you ain't in the Word and the Word ain't in you, I don't need to hear it. Because the things of the world have always tried to tear me down and not build me up. <laughs> That's the reason I don't let everybody lay hands on me, even though a lot want to. <laughs> let me move on. Modern day churches. We say you can live with another man. You can be married to another man. If you're a man, you can, you can do these things, and it tells you to mingle. It's okay. It's wrong. It's wrong. And when I say that, just as wrong as it is me to speak truth and then go out of here lying about something else. Oh, wait a minute, Pastor. No. It's one thing for you to preach the gospel and be tied up in gossip right after that. You know better than anyone else. Hmm. (laughs) You know what's wrong. That once you hear the Word of God, the Word of God quickens you. And when the Holy Spirit speaks it, how many of you know, I've done this countless times, Amy, how many of you know when you sin? How many of you have got other people in your life that tell you? (laughs) Got all kinds of them, don't you? The real part of that is if you did, or if you're living in it, don't let it be somebody else to tell you. It should be the Holy Spirit saying, hey, let's change it. That's part of the catalyst. Stay with me. Modern day churches, they promote mingling but not marriage. Why? Mingle with the idea or thought of the relationship and even living together, but in reality, you don't want the commitment. You want to live, but not with the commitment to where marriage says, I'll die for it. Why? Because that's the model of Christ. I'm going to show you. I know this is a G-rated show, but I'm going to go ahead and just continue to go on. The difference between the date and the marriage is one requires the altar and one doesn't. Many relationships today between boyfriend and girlfriend and live in, live out is that dating looks to the bedroom, but marriage looks to the throne room. (laughs) Brother Wayne, you sound critical. No, I'm not. What I'm trying to say is this, is I know what sin looks like. 
I've stared it in the mirror for almost 55 years. I know I look 35. But anyway. <laughs> hey, listen, man, you got to fake it till you make it, okay? Let me just keep on going. I've looked in the mirror of sin. And you think, man, right? No, the Bible. I've looked in the Bible and how the Bible has, has truly been to me. Say, you know what? That's the mirror. You don't need for me to tell you. If you're reading it, you already know it. If you're not, thank me later. What's it look like, Pastor? It looks like Him. He is holy. He is righteous. Hmm. Pastor, why are you saying all this? Did I mention Jesus is coming back? Do you want to be sleeping with another woman that's not your wife or sleeping with another man that's not your husband when he comes back? Ooh. Did he just? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. No different than me speaking a lie on my mouth at the moment I hear the trumpet sound. Hold on a minute, Pastor. We say, I know we say, but we listen. We got to understand he is holy. Christian Mingle. I wrote this down. Well, let me give you scripture first. 1 Corinthians 10, 21. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You can't be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. I know this is tribute, or, or goes back to, excuse me, goes back to the thought of communion. It goes back to, to a lot of religious thought within the mind of the Jew. But boy, how simple it is for us. I wrote this down, that a watered-down gospel continually diluted becomes no gospel at all. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and He gave Himself for it. You've heard that recently. Jesus didn't come to date you. He came to die for you. Why is that? Listen to me, church. That he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Point number four in closing. Turn to somebody and say, the problem is with your government. <laughs> oh, praise God. I couldn't wait to get to this one. The problem is with your government. Preach it out, Brother Wayne. Thank you, I will. Isaiah 9, 5 through 7. For every battle of the warriors with confused noise and garments rolled in blood, but this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. And that's what you've seen lately. People stoking the flames and adding gasoline to the different things to incite not the Christian, not the holy fire that we have to reach a world to tell them that Jesus is coming back, Brother Clay. Get ready. Verse 6, very familiar. I love it. Charity says, for unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name is called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Can I tell you who was not mentioned in that? And maybe I'll get censored for it. 
Maybe I won't be on here no more. Trump's name was not in there. Biden's name was not in there. Pelosi's name was not in there. Schumer's name was not in there. And Mitch McConnell, I love you, but your name's not in there. And his name shall be called, somebody shout wonderful. Somebody shout counselor. Somebody shout mighty God. Somebody shout everlasting father. Now say he's my prince of peace. Give God praise in this house. Why am I telling you that? It's because the government, listen, the government is upon his shoulder. The kingdom is all about the cross of Jesus Christ. Praise be to God. Biden's not going to deliver you. Trump didn't deliver you. Pelosi can't. Listen, I know. (laughs) How many of you believe 100% there's corruption in this land? Can I get a shout and an amen? How many of you know we have the answer for that corruption? Somebody shout Jesus. You see, that's what this is about. He did not. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were my kingdom. My servants would fight. I'm going to fight for the cause of Jesus Christ, which says let that gospel be preached. Let everybody from every corner of this county come to Jesus Christ and be changed. Too much division. Red, blue, black, white, rich, poor. And now what's the enemy doing? You better get this. Now the enemy is trying to divide the ranks within Christianity. And it's wrong. And you better wake up. We are brothers in Christ, brothers and sisters in Christ, bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. You know what concerns me? You can't divide the kingdom. But this will prove who's in the kingdom and who's not. What do you mean you didn't vote for this one? What do you mean you didn't vote for that one? I give a vote to my country. I cast a vote for my country. I cast the net for the kingdom. Listen. And one does not supersede the other. How should we pray then? We should pray that God would put godly leaders in place. We should be praying, believing, and have a ground game that's unmatched. What do you mean? Making them a Republican or Democrat? No. Listen, bringing them to Christ. The problem is with your government. Now. I'm going to ask you over the past year, and I hate to bring it up, Stephanie, I really do. Turn to someone and say, who's governing your life? Who's the governor of your life? Over the past year, what's governed you? Fear? Hate? What? The list would go on and on. But I've got to ask you, is the Holy Spirit governing you today? Because that's the kingdom. It has to be the Holy Ghost of God. Before you put out your blog, before you follow this or you follow that, you better make sure that you're not just following a spirit, but you're following the Holy Spirit. No, this message is pointed. But I'll tell you this. 
if Peter walked for three, and a, three to three and a half years, Larry, three to three and a half years, right, with Christ, that if Peter walked that long, some people believe it could have been a little bit less. If Peter could walk with him and then in the end deny him, this is a greater time of testing right now. Who are you going to follow? Alicia, we have to, JJ, we have to follow Christ. What did it take? How could God use somebody that denied him? I quote the scripture all the time. Simon, Simon, Satan desired to sift you as wheat. But I prayed for you when you were converted, strengthen your brethren. God would use Peter. Peter missed it. He thought Jesus is going to be put on the throne, didn't he, Bruce? He said, this is the time, man. Now is it. We're going to come out from under this Roman rule. He's going to set up his kingdom. The rise and fall of the kingdom of God does not rest in and of men. It rests upon the man, Jesus Christ. Godly leaders will come and go. But Jesus Christ is here to stay. In closing, I don't know what you're being led by today, and I hope this message gets to every heart that it needs to. I want you all to pray that. Because I believe there are many people that are being misled and misguided. And I'm ashamed to say that much of it comes from the pulpits. We all agree in this house. We are a family church. We believe in family. We believe in the Word of God. We believe in marriage the way God intended it. How many of us believe in the right to life? How many of us believe that that child in that womb is a child born of God? We hold those very core essential things. Listen, I've got to tell you. We hold those things core. Listen, we fight for principles according to this Word. And we stand for those. Would you stand to your feet, please? If you could, please stand to your feet. Who's governing your life? Intercessors, stand in the gap with me right now. Lord, right now, I pray that you take a real survey of the souls that's in this place and start with mine. God, right now, I repent. I do. And I'm going to come to this altar, Lord. Please forgive me. Lord, and today, it's just this. It's the thought of not just what we've committed, but what we've omitted. It's not just the sins that we commit, but, but God, it's not that. We know that if we come to you, that if we confess that, that you forgive us. And we're so thankful for that, and we're going to have this opportunity. God, today, the first thing that we must look at today in our own life is why or what is it that offends us and what is behind it. So, God, today in this house, that if something has been said that offends and it was your word, then, God, that's truly you, Holy Spirit, to point that out and say, you need to change today, and I am your change. God, today as we come before you, we're saying, forgive us of our agendas. And maybe we've caught up in, we've been caught up in a net that is political instead of spiritual. And God, maybe today we've been caught up in this and that and everything else. And God, today, if we can confess nothing less than just simply we've been so distracted and we've missed you.
precious Holy Ghost today, reveal the sin. And then bring us to a place right now. Marriages, listen marriages, drop it. But don't drop it right there in your house where where you'll trip over it again. Drop it at this altar. He said, cast all your burdens. Bring all those to me. Listen, heads are bowed and, and eyes are closed. Marriages that are in this place. How many of you want a better marriage? Raise your hand right now. Watch me raise my hand. Is that all? You know how a better marriage starts is with a better you. Joel Osteen didn't do that either. That's the Holy Spirit. Those of you that raised your hand and said, I want a better marriage, come ahead on. Come ahead on. Why? Because a better marriage will lead to better kids. And better kids will lead to a better future. Yeah. Yeah. I watch as these precious little ones follow mamas and daddies up here. They're not afraid of the altar. Don't you dare be afraid of that altar. Remember, a marriage is the altar. You're not dating him. You're married to him. All over the house, come. Make your distance. Do whatever you need to do. I'm not done. Listen, still people are praying. Eyes are closed. Still Holy Ghost is dealing with you. How many of you can be honest before God today, still in the pew, and say, you know what? I know I got some stuff in my life and I want it out. Would you slip your hand up, please? Please slip up your hand. Thank you for that hand. Are there more? Please slip up your hand. Don't be afraid. Young people, older people. Now come and confess that to Christ. Lord, right now, I know you're doing a work in me. Right now, God, I know you're doing a work. That marriage begins right now with Him. He's the most, he's the most important component of that marriage. If you're there in your seat, pray right there. Believe God. Believe God. People in the seats, could you be real enough today to say, you know what? I don't know him. I don't know him. If I died today, I don't know where I would spend eternity. Would you slip your hand up just saying, preacher, would you pray for me? I don't know. Listen, don't let this be a day that we say I had the opportunity and I didn't take it. Let the Holy Spirit draw you. The Holy Spirit lead you. Praise God. Come on, Jake. Whatever's on your heart. I need you more. More than yesterday. I need you more. More than words can say. I need you more. And ever before.
more than yesterday. I need you more, more than words can say. I need you more than ever before. I need you, Lord. As people are still praying, and I want to continue. Best of you can take a seat just a moment. I want to share this with you. By the way, visitors, if you're here today, we love you. So thankful you came. <laughs> I need to tell you this message was prepared before you got here. <laughs> Yesterday I had the opportunity to Dan to go out and just sit and get still, right? I think today may be the last day of deer season or something like that. I'm not sure. I think maybe it is. I've told y'all before I'm a deer hunter and I'm not a good one. I'm definitely not a deer killer. Uh, I can skin one. But I noticed yesterday, I've been waiting. I've been sitting. Casey, I've been sitting out there. I don't know, maybe two hours. You think, well, that sounds, I enjoyed it. I loved it. I looked down for just a moment. And I was looking at my phone. Message coming in, different things, you know. I was looking. And Jackie, I looked up and I almost missed what I was looking for. I looked over in the distance. And there were some deer that come out. If I'd have kept my head in my phone, I'd have missed what I was out there for. Alvin, what am I saying? How many people today? And we're almost missing what we're looking for and what we're here for. <laughs> oh, I had a great time after that. I was filming them and stuff. I'm thinking one of these sport, one of these deer channels gonna call me and want all my videos, and I'm gonna be rich and not have food with y'all. I'm just kidding. That's not it at all. That's not it at all. But I almost missed it. And if you're not careful, you and I are not careful. We'll do the same thing. Because where your head is is where your heart will follow, and that can be vice versa. Today, as you get ready to leave, I, I want to make myself clear. I love this country. I'm willing to die for this country. For the cause of my king. And for the cause of this word being preached. I unequivocally stand upon the word. What that could mean is that one day I'll be thrown in jail. One day I could be this, that, or whoever else. Or whatever else. Worried? No. Expect? Don't know. But what I know is this. Is you can take everything that you want to take from me that is worldly. But you can't take the kingdom from me. You need to hear me. Know what you're fighting for. Men and women of God, prepare. 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 There's some tough days ahead. Prepare. Prepare. <laughs> Let me bless you real good. Stand with me. Hold your hands out. Just like this, just like you're going to receive something. Don't be afraid. Come on up here with me, Miss Clemens. Heavenly Father, these hands that are held out, we expect to receive something from you. 
And God, it's the goodness and the joy and the peace that today, God, with my hand out and my heart lifted to you, Lord, we declare today that you are our strength, that you are our hope, that we trust in you. That, God, today we will not be pulled to the right or to the left. That we are rooted and grounded and we are established in Christ. That, God, your word is infallible, indestructible. It's the very thing that we stand on and the word and the principle we stand for. That, God, today we can see truly that the world is in chaos, but that the kingdom is in complete order. And today, God, we can declare (laughs) that when people say, Lo, over here is Christ or over here is Christ, in a time where false Christ may arise, you said, Jesus, that the kingdom of God is within you. And, Lord, we believe that today. We believe, Jesus, that you are other, that you are different, that you are holy. We agree today, God, that as the Holy Spirit prompts us, that we will be guarded not to take part in something, having to understand that it's not of you. We don't want nothing to do with it. And, God, today let us be strengthened in mind and in body as we carry the gospel. And, Lord, today let ever how many that's here and even online leave as missionaries. Leave as missionaries to spread this precious gospel one of help and not hurt. God, let us go forth in your power and in your anointing. It's in Jesus' name. And everybody shouted hallelujah. Let's give God some praise before we leave this place. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to thank you once again for being with us here in our worship service today and taking the time out, which I know is so valuable to you. God bless you and be encouraged. And remember, Jesus is King. Thank you.